Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds one. Welcome to another edition of the Indy Cornrows podcast. Uh, this is an episode of Pacers After Dark. Uh, really psyched to be joined by Derek Kramer, also known as iPacers blog on, uh, on Twitter, of, of great acclaim and fame. Uh, Derek, how are you doing today, man? Or I guess tonight, I should say. But it'll be the t- you know what? Whatever. Day tonight, what it starts with a T. Uh, I'm doing great. Whether it's uh, the morning, morning, evening, night. My uh, I hate the ESPN website just automatically auto plays videos. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm good. I was gonna quote the Truman Show there, but then the ESPN kind of messed me up. But it's all good. I've ever, I've actually never seen the Truman Show before. I've, uh, I've heard it's good, but I, I've, I've never been like the biggest Jim Carrey guy, to be completely honest. I mean, if you don't like his like crazy zany stuff, like that's more of a contained, good acting Jim Carrey. I recommend it if you, if you ever want to dive into one. But. Well, I'll have to check it out then. Um, well, speaking <laughs> of things that are crazy and zany and, and a little bit two sided, um, that was the game tonight. I mean, Pacers lost, obviously, 114-113 to the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, end up splitting the season series, and they dropped to 12-11 and 11 on the year. Um, I think regardless of what happens below them in the conference, they're going to stay with their current seeding. Because, uh, uh, yeah, Cleveland lost tonight, and they were, I think, just below the Pacers, so it should be the same seeding. Um, I think it, you you know we we were tweeting each other back and forth a little bit, and uh, you mentioned you know that you 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 were going to reach out to me about doing the podcast at the end of the third quarter. Um, I, I was thinking the same thing too, and then the fourth quarter started, and it actually changed around a little bit. But first, I just want to start. Let's talk about some of the positives. Get that out there right away. Um, this was the best game of Gogo Batase's career. Um, yeah, pretty unequivocally, he was fantastic tonight. I mean, he looked uh, he looked better than than a backup center tonight. And, and I mean, he played a little bit more than backup minutes, but he was just all in all the best way to put it. Is he was really damn good on both ends. Yep. Completely agree. Like that, that three that kind of took that weird bounce and trickled in, like really got him going offensively, made a bunch of great challenges at the rim, especially against Zion, even though he got a couple foul calls, but like, yeah, you can't, can't complain about Bataze's uh, performance at all tonight. He was great a big part of the reason they were in the game at all. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, A, the fact that he was just taking the threes was huge. He took four mm-hmm. tonight. Um, he had, like, that really silky finish at the rim, too, uh, off a cut. I mean, he just looked good. The, the screening is so much better than it ever was last year, um, and it's even more consistent than it's been throughout to start the year. Um, I also think it's just kind of remarkable looking at like obviously Goga's pretty big. He's what like six eleven, probably like 240, 250, somewhere around there. Um, not completely filled out yet. But that just makes you realize how freaking strong Zion is because he sent Goga flying like three or four times. Um, again, you could obviously bring up well, maybe they shouldn't have been fouls, but I don't know. You know, I think the last one looked like a pretty clean block to me, but um I get it. But again, just Zion is just so freaking strong. Yeah, it's one of those like those calls could go either way. Yeah, like, but you love that he was there, like oh, in exactly. those plays every time. 
like that's the biggest thing. Like he was he was contesting Zion at the rim, and yeah, Zion's ridiculous, and he broke the goal in the most boring way possible, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, other than Goka, I mean, looking at the rest of the bench, Justin Holiday was not the bench, but he closed out with the bench. Uh, seven of thirteen from three. Uh, to close out the game, I mean, he was just hitting everything on that run. Obviously, the Pacers went down 18, so that's when it felt like the game was just kind of over at that point. Um, and Justin was just a flamethrower uh, in the second half. Every screen he came off of, it, you just thought it was going in, and it pretty much did for the most part. It's the – like, he got it going against the Bucks with the bunch bench unit, too. Obviously, it didn't. They never got anywhere close in that game. But, like, he's, like, only shot well with the bench group the last couple games. It's like, I miss my old role almost. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> it feels like it a little bit, yeah. Um, it, it's – yeah, it's hard because every – like, so much is uh, kind of up in the air with where everybody's at and, and how they're looking. Um because they're all in different roles that they're they wouldn't be um, in a regular game, you know, or in a, a regular uh, portion of the season when at least most of the team is healthy. So it's been totally uh, just messed up in that way. Uh, what did you think of Aaron tonight? I, I have I have thoughts on Aaron. Obviously, only finished three attempts from the field, but I thought in that fourth quarter, I thought it was pretty good. He's just he's just so inconsistent. Yeah, is the, is the problem. The fourth quarter, yeah, he looked great, but he looked terrible in the first three. I mean, he only only played four minutes in the first half. So like, I, like I can't discount him too much, but I think he shot three threes and missed them all. Yeah. He's just so inconsistent. If he could play like he did in the fourth quarter all the time, or at least like most of the time and not like 10% of the time, then great. But as he's been a frustrating player to watch, to put it Frank. Um, But yeah, he shows these flashes where he's great but it's just so inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. He's been, um, he's been kind of an enigma this season after last year. I mean, he still has always been a pretty uh, like up and down guy, but even, I mean, just last year, he was somebody whose role changed more than anybody else on the team. And he was still really good. I mean, obviously the bubble was huge. Um, I thought he was really good there. Uh, See, like it's difficult because part of it feels like, you know, he's in a smaller role this year has the ball in his hands a lot less. So, like he's getting the opportunity to finish plays a lot still, but he's not getting as many opportunities to start plays, um, which I think hasn't helped. But again, that's, you know, Pacers don't necessarily need him to start plays with how much they're getting out of TJ McConnell, who I think uh, I want to say was tweeted out tonight. He finished with the most assists ever by a bench player. Um, like less than 30 minutes, I think. Yeah. First one ever with 15 assists. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, he was, he was ridiculous tonight. Like he's, he's been uh, just such a good surprise on both ends. They're not even to say surprise. It's almost like a, a wrong way to put it. Like I was well, saying better, this than, to, better than expected for yeah. sure. Yeah. I was saying this to Tom the other day, there was like a legitimate talking point before the year. Would, would his deal be fully guaranteed? Um, because if it, if it wasn't, that could be a way for the Pacers to get under the salary cap. Um, and it's crazy to think that that was even a discussion at the beginning of the year compared to what TJ is doing now. Yeah. Like he's, he's the, the only like perimeter creator for other people other than Brogdon. Like that, it's the only other person that makes plays for others. It really feels like, like Justin holiday had four assists tonight, but he's not, he's not a guy that's going to do that very often. 
Like he's McConnell's the only other creation in terms of like on the perimeter. Like Domas obviously creates a lot for others, but other than Brogdon, like McConnell's all they have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, especially too. I mean, looking at Aaron, we were hoping he'd probably grow into that role this year. It just hasn't happened. Um, I, I think. Okay, I'll turn it over to you. What 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 kind of stood out to you from this game? Just looking at the fourth quarter before we dive into the rest. I mean the the fourth quarter was just. It was just good to watch it be like a fun, fun to watch the Pacers because the, the seven previous quarters, except for maybe the first quarter of this one, just had been a, just a slog. Like yeah. the ball movement just hasn't been there. And then like, obviously they made shots and like, that's the, they went like 10 of 12 or something in the third, in the fourth from three. So like when you make shots like that, obviously it's going to be fun, but like the, I guess my big impression was like, are the starters just that tired? Because <laughs> like, there's just so much more energy from that bench group tonight. Yeah, that see, that's that's okay. We can just talk about it now. That's what it comes down to for me. I, I have like, I, I I wasn't so. I'm not trying to sound like undermining or, or unfair, but I think. What, what I really struggle with in looking at, you see this bench unit play so well together with the energy that they have. And I think it's just a little bit frustrating because you look at, I mean, even in the Milwaukee game, how much, how many minutes the, the starters are playing to start. I mean, Domas and, and Malcolm play almost the entire third quarter tonight. Um, and I think there's just a, a balancing act that needs to be found a little bit with getting the bench players in and, and not just getting them in for like a small stretch, but getting them in so they can get in rhythm. Um, you know, I, I think you see how much energy they do bring and, and that was important. I mean, like it's, they were able to outplay the new Orleans starters or at least keep Pat with them just by having the energy from, from not playing the entire game already. Um, and I think like there has to be some kind of balance with that. I, it's like, it was just a little bit frustrating for me down the stretch, seeing how well they were playing, but then conversely, okay, I get how well they're playing, but at the same time you have I know Domas hasn't played well. I know that, that Malcolm hasn't shot well, but it feels like, okay, they've been on the bench for so long with four or five minutes left. Like, okay, maybe try and get one of them in. I, I like, I know, I know when there's like 45 seconds left and they haven't played the entire quarter. I'm like, okay, at this point, like, what am I supposed to do to get them in? They're not going to be like the odds of them actually being hot coming right off the bench and, and sitting down for so long. Like, like, no, but um, I don't know. It was an interesting uh, kind of microcosm of how this, the season has gone for, uh, for me, like looking at the just, I, I what's the I'm, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. Like, I mean, Nate obviously talked about in the post game press conference how important it was, you know, how hard the guys were playing and, and working, and that they earned the shot. But like, I think my point in looking at it is that I mean, if they earn the shot tonight, then why aren't they getting the opportunity uh, to actually play in more meaningful stretches during the game. I don't know. I think that maybe that's an unfair way to look at it, but I think that's kind of what it boiled down to for me tonight. No, I definitely agree. Um, you can look at Aaron holiday in in that regard, like maybe part of his struggles is he just hasn't played enough minutes to get into a rhythm consistently. Cause once he played that longer stretch in the fourth quarter, that's when he looked better. When he played that long stretch against the Warriors, he probably had the best game of his season. So maybe that, and maybe that's part of it for him. You can talk about it with, with Goga. Like when you look at games like tonight, like what is why why did it take so long for him to like play any minutes at all? 
like, yeah like ex- exactly exactly like i mean the fact that it I took know, miles I'm still waiting i'm still waiting for edmund Sumner to show oh up. I, I know i was waiting for you to bring it up we, we made it like eight minutes into the podcast and you brought it up um no i feel the exact same way Derek. like it's it's just confusing to me like um I mean, it took Miles getting into foul trouble tonight for Goga to actually get minutes, and then you see what he does when he gets the opportunity to produce. Um, and that that's why it's a little frustrating, because especially, too, I mean, like like you're mentioning with Ed, like this could have been a great game for Ed. Um, I mean, Aaron Holiday played really well defensively tonight, probably one of his better defensive games of the season. But, I mean, he was guarding Brandon Ingram down the stretch, and as well as he was playing defense, it's a six-inch height difference. And that I feel like that's even generous, putting it down that low. Um, they, I, Brandon Ingram's listed at six foot seven and that just seems incorrect to me. Um, he's just so long. Oh yeah, exactly. Like it it doesn't matter how well Aaron contests him. Like it's a clean shot. So it's like, okay, well maybe this is an opportunity for Edmund Sumner to come in and and use his length and energy and get some minutes. But, um, yeah, so it's just kind of a double-edged sword. Like you, you see exactly what you want to right in front of you. It's like, uh, who's the guy in Greek mythology, um, who can like, I think uh, it's the guy who was like standing in a pond or a lake and it's right up to his, uh, to his head level, but he can't drink the water. Uh, so he's just like constantly thirsty. I can't remember. It's uh, I don't remember which Greek mythological story it's from, but that's how it felt tonight. I, I felt like we had the water right up to our necks. We were not allowed to drink any of it because we, we, were, we just saw the tantalizing potential of the players on the bench in front of us. <laughs> I don't know the Greek mythologies, that story. Um, but yeah, that's a very good analogy. Yeah, it was just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I also was like, I mean, Jeremy Lamb was probably the best starter tonight other than, uh, other than Justin. He took six shots and had 17 points. Exactly. I was, see, that was the guy who I was mostly confused that he didn't get back in at all. Um, he was playing pretty well defensively. I thought, um, was one of the, like pretty much the only guy who was able to get his own shot going. Uh, out of the starting group and he didn't close and even like i mean he was three for three. First of all i mean his three ball just looks so good this year he's like almost 50 40 90 if he shoots like just slightly better from the field actually after tonight he might be in it um but i mean he just i again i was confused why he didn't play more but um man it was just it's a weird game i i i don't really know what to take from this game uh moving forward Okay, I had to look up the Greek mythology thing. Is it Tantalus? Is that yes, the guy's? I think it was Tantalus. Because uh, yeah, because it's tantalizing for him. Yeah, that. Yep. There we go. When you first started talking about, I was like, "How?" I thought you were going to go with like some narcissist uh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I knew. That was the only one I knew with like a guy looking in the pond. <laughs> so I had to look it up. No, okay. Sorry about that. No, you're good. <laughs> oh, um. I'm Sorry. just, yeah, no, you're good. I, I interrupted your thought. No, no, you? that was perfect. I, you know what? Screw it. Let's just talk about Greek mythology. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to take from this game. Um, I'm not sure. Like, I think, I mean, I, I have so many thoughts on it. Obviously, I mean, do you, do you think that part of what was going on in the first, uh, first half is just from the overload of, of playing time for, for some of the starters or not even just, saying overload of playing times is the wrong way to put it, but just, I mean, you can tell that they were gassed. Like Domas is out there, plays almost the entire third quarter uh, before he gets pulled for Goga. And you could just see, I mean, the last two minutes of, of him being out there, I mean, he's just absolutely tanked. I mean, uh, he was getting completely 
beat up on the inside. Steven Adams is so good as a post defender. Like that was one of the things that was frustrating too. I mean, uh, as the ball movement kind of wound down, we ended up with a lot of uh, Domas with four out um, getting an isolation on Steven Adams. And as good as Domas is as a post-up player, that's just, that's not great basketball offensively for him or for the Pacers. It's asking a lot of him to try and beat up Steven Adams one-on-one. Um, and then, I mean, having to come down and defend Zion on the other end, like it, he was gassed. Yeah. I Like, I don't want to, he can't put too much on it, I guess, but it definitely feels like it. It has to be at least some of it. And this was like the fourth game in six nights or something. Like, so they've played a lot recently too. And even though like Domas didn't play any of the fourth in the last game, like, yeah, like it's hard to watch him and not think that he is a little worn down right now. And the same goes for Brogdon, which he got it going in the third quarter a little bit, but the first half, I think he was like two for eight. Yeah. It might have been even worse than that. Actually, he finished six of 15 from the game, um, which was, I mean, that was even crazier too. Lonzo ball was so good tonight. I thought he was probably, I mean, Ingram finished with the most points, uh, but Lonzo obviously has the game saving block uh, on miles uh, finished with 20 points was driving inside, which I don't know if you've caught the Pelicans at all this year. That's he has not been doing that. He's been like completely averse to driving inside and trying to finish. Um, he was so good on both ends. Like Malcolm only took one, one, one point, one, not one point. Malcolm took one three tonight. And a lot of that was how well uh, Lonzo ball was just chasing him around screens. He even was ducking under him a ton too, but he was coming up on the other side so fast. Like his length was really giving Malcolm problems. Yeah, he was, like, without him, the Pelicans, like, don't withstand that Pacers run at all. Like, the Pacers might win by seven without Lonzo Ball hitting all those threes. And, like, that's not – like, I know he shot the three better. That's just not something that you expect to happen. <laughs> like, he just dra- – he drained so many shots. And then, yeah, the, the play at the end to even challenge Turner at all to be there was a huge play. And then that – it was pretty good verticality. Like, on. I'm sure some people probably thought maybe a whistle there, but it's not one you're probably going to get at the end of a game. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was phenomenal. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, it, it was It's hard to, because like you, you watch it and in the moment you're like, oh, that's a foul. But then you actually watch it. And you're like, no, it's not. It's like, it's almost yeah. perfect defense. It's something that if, uh, if miles got called for it, we would bitch about it. So, you yep. know, it's, it's just one of those, it, it's a basketball play. I think it's the best way to put it. However, JJ Redick 100% traveled and then jumped into Goga. So I, I don't want to hear it on that one. Yeah. Like there, the, there are definitely calls on the other end where you could say similar with Goga going up. So, but you know, it's at the end of the game. They usually don't call it. It's fine. Yeah. That's so it's a level headed way to approach it. <laughs> Uh, don't man. leave it to the last play. Yes, exactly. Don't, that's get, a, don't get down by 18. That's a, that's a good way to put it. I, I appreciate that mindset. Um, what other kind of takeaways did you have from the game tonight? Oh man. Uh, like, honestly, I'm glad that the bench just gave some positivity to it. Cause it was, like I said before, it was just such a slog and like the ball movements just really breaking down the last few games. I did like the the beginning of the game. It felt like they made a concerted effort to like get other people going. 
Yeah. Like the first play of the game was for Lamb. The second play of the game was for Miles. And like both of those guys like combined for five points in the previous game, but they were like barely involved. Like it was, I think Lamb took five shots against the Bucks. Miles took three before the fourth quarter. Justin Holiday only had four. It's like none of those guys like even got a chance. And like, I'm sure some of that was just the way the Bucks were defending them, but like they just had no rhythm at all. And uh, like the offense was just Domas or bust and sometimes Malcolm and mostly against the Bucks. But so it was, that was one other positive. Like I thought they made a concerted effort to try to get more people going. It, it worked in the first quarter and then kind of the wheels fell off there in the second and they got outscored 30 to 18. Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, one of my thoughts I've had, I need to actually, you know, pull some stats to try and back it up. But just in watching um, and, and watching this team for the last two years, it really feels like um, when Domas is just individually scoring and he's not necessarily, like, I mean, I, I don't remember how many assists he had against Milwaukee. It did not feel like a lot. Um, but when, when, when Domas is like the primary scorer on the team, it's when it feels, that's when it feels like the team is kind of bogging down a little bit. And that's not to speak ill on Domas. It's just, it really felt like the Bucks wanted him to be, the guy taking all the shots uh, when, when they played. Um, so when you're able to see more of distribution happening and he's able to force guys to sink in on him because they were just playing him man up. They weren't doubling him at all. Um, I mean, part of that's Brooke Lopez is an awesome post defender and one of the few guys in the league who's stronger than Domas. But um, yeah, it's the ball movement. I'm, I'm really hopeful that it comes back because there was that, that, you know, probably 10 game stretch where the ball movement just looked fantastic. And it's really fallen by the wayside the last couple of games. And the bench had it tonight, but the starters most definitely didn't. Absolutely. And yeah, the, and like Domas, yeah, he's great. He has a very, very good chance to make his second all-star team in a row. But if he's ISOing all the time, as like good as he is, like that's not probably what you want to do all the time. <laughs> as an offense and he, he took advantage against the bucks of them giving him some open looks and he got his he got a career high but he took the most shots he's ever taken in his career so hopefully he does score a career high when he takes the most shots he's ever taken yeah that's a good way of looking at it um well okay one last question i gotta ask you though would you take if, if you had to give your all-star vote right now let's saying that we could actually like if you and i were the ones who chose who went into the games would you give it to malcolm or, or Domas, if you had to give it to one, if you could only give it to one, which I think it'll only go to one anyways, considering the record right now. Right now, it's getting close to where the Pacers might not get any. Yeah, that's a good point. The way the way it's going. Um, before the last couple, I honestly, like I was getting to the point where I thought maybe Miles was more deserving than both of them, even though I know he has no shot of like yeah, actually no, it. I would agree. Just because the defense is so good, but it's always just not considered as much. Mm -hmm. I, if I only had one between Domas and Malcolm, though, and obviously they're both very deserving as well, um, and more so, more so, a much better chance than Miles. Miles is not going to make it. Um, I'd give it to Malcolm just because he hasn't gotten one, mm -hmm. and I wonder if the if the Pacers like when Nate talks to the other coaches to get get votes, if that's who they push, just because he hasn't gotten an All Star game yet. Yeah, and he's he's like a good good bit older too, so there's like more chance for Domas to get them down the line. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would agree, and I also just think I think just looking at how much Malcolm's having to do defensively too. Not that Domas isn't having to play defense, but 
I felt like in watching, I feel like Malcolm's been a lot better defensively this year. And he's, I mean, his assignments have been ridiculous. I, I don't know if you have basketball index. Um, some of my, so I know some of the people who run it and I really enjoy their, their work, but they have a matchup versatility data and basically it like compiles all of the defensive matchups that a guy has, um, you know, counterweighted with, you know, the, the competition level because they have ways to track all that. Um, Malcolm is top 10 currently in matchup difficulty in the NBA and that tracks. I mean, he's yeah, guarding the best perimeter option every single night, Re- yep. regardless of if it's uh, Ben Simmons or, or Giannis, which is still a little nerve wracking to think about the fact that he just guarded Giannis. But yeah, I mean, he's been doing it all this year. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's just like where the Pacers need TJ Warren back for yeah. so many reasons. Um, they just don't have any bodies that are big enough for those forwards. And we saw it again tonight with Ingram, like you said, like Aaron Holiday is guarding him through the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, it's just it's a rough situation for the if Brog, like Brogdon's a great player and great defender, but he that's not enough. <laughs> not an assignment that you want him to have to take every night. Well, yeah, especially too, considering how much he has to do offensively. And I think mm-hmm. that's been part of why, uh, not that he's fallen off, but I mean, why we're seeing a slight decline or just why he's looking so gassed. Like it definitely doesn't help, but um, alas, we will stop talking about minutes because I, uh, you know, I always tweet about it and talk about it. So um, we're past it or we're not past it. I'm sure we're going to be tweeting and talking about it the entire year. It seems like, cause you know, we're 20, 23 games in now. Um, so I, I, I don't know how much it's going to change up to be completely honest. They, I mean, they, they played 29 for Domas and 27 for Brogdon and they didn't play the entire fourth quarter. So like they still just, they play that whole first, they play that whole third, like even in blowouts, they're going to play a ton of minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Hey, I mean, we, we get, <laughs> you know, they'll turn, they get to turn around and play the, uh, the hottest team in the NBA, uh, on Sunday. So that'll be exciting. Um, that is going to be an extremely tough matchup, but it's kind of funny though. And I, have you seen the jazz play too much this year? I haven't been able to watch them. Oh, okay. Well, they're, uh, they're interesting. Cause they're kind of in the same, uh, I don't want to say that they're the same ilk, but they, they have nobody who's forward sized either. So at least there isn't going to be a big wing that will absolutely murder the, uh, the Pacers, but they have oh, yeah, it's coming for revenge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Um, but, oh yeah, I forgot, but he's, he actually has kind of a, he struggled a little bit this year. He's found his way, um, like the last week or two, but no, Conley's been like amazing, right? Oh yeah. Mike Conley has been incredible. Like if, if one of the guys on that team's an all-star is probably Mike Conley. He's like, just turned into an absolute sniper from three. Like he's been a good three point shooter for a while, but like, are you shooting like 41% from three on like six or seven a game? I would love it if he, if he makes one, cause he hasn't made one before. Right. All those, all those great. Yeah, no, there. he's never made one. He's never made a team. Yeah, I'd love to see him get one. Oh, he's totally deserving. Um, Indiana born and raised, so one hundred percent. Well, Derek, I appreciate this. This was fun. It was good to talk, uh, talk some Pacers and uh, just reconnect for a little bit. Do you have, uh, you have anything you want to get out there into the ether before we go? I got nothing, man. I got nothing. No uh, food. T- um, no food takes. There's always got to be some kind of food takes. Don't be a child. <laughs> no, we're okay. I'm going to cut that from the podcast. We uh, only eat boneless. I'll spread my, my propaganda wherever. Uh, boneless only. Uh, you heard it here. You heard it, heard it here first, folks. No offense. No offense. It's, uh, it's you know, it, 
I, I know that I'm in the right, so it's fine. I, I won't worry about it too much. I can sleep well at night uh, after I eat my boneless wings. Um, thank you again, Derek. To everyone listening, of course, uh, be sure to follow Derek if you don't already. Uh, rate and review this podcast over on Apple Podcasts. Of course, read us at Indie Cornrows. And remember to eat boneless wings and have a good rest of your day and go Pacers.